Blog Talk Radio. Tournament. So 
they're here to just spoil the, they're here to spoil things. They have they're playing with pride too. They want to put a win on their record, saying you know we beat the number two team in the country. So that's what right. they did. Well, I think that well, I think Miami will get hurt by this. Not really. I think that this is just one of those bumps in the road that happens. You know, every team has them. Bumps in the road against an inferior team. He probably took them lightly, like a lot of big teams do. He probably took them lightly, and then fake Wake Forest is like, okay, you're going to take us lightly. I'm going to show. We're going to show you not to take us lightly, and I think that's what happens. But I think Miami will be good. They should stay in the top ten, top five, at least for the rest of the year, in case some really just tragic happens and they just go on a terrible losing streak and they just don't and they get bounced in the first round ACC tournament. They should most likely lock up a number one seed in the NCAA tournament with no problems unless, as I said, something happens where you just go on a major losing streak. But I think they'll be cool. Hey, I got to ask you, uh, you mentioned something about taking teams lightly. How do you feel about LaSalle lost in uh, Temple's game the other night? Um, I think it was not more of LaSalle taking Temple lightly. I think Temple felt like they had something to prove. And with that they came out and they they came out and they came out and played their game. They took LaSalle out of their offensive flow. Now was LaSalle, I think what I do, I think LaSalle was kinda of shell shocked to be in that position that they were in. Totally. And LaSalle probably wasn't even ready to be in that position to even to even be in that position, you know, that crowd, the environment, you know, they're not you they were probably, they were shell shocked that environment, you know. It was not. It wasn't like if it was in the palestra where it's fifty fifty, where it's a fifty fifty crowd. Majority, right. Lasalle didn't get a lot of tickets. Be announced to you, Lasalle didn't get a lot of tickets to go down right. there. So they didn't have a lot of they didn't have a lot of fan support. And when you have a little bit of you know calls go the opposing team's way, which it went towards Temple as players, you know. They get a little discouraged, frustration. You saw the frustration, the bad body language. They were just so turned off by it. And it's obvious, you know, Ramon Godway feels he should probably get the same calls as Khalif, as Khalif Wyatt. And Wyatt, you have if you have you have watched him in his career, you've noticed that he is a he's a little bit of a flopper. He's an actor. He's looking for the call all the time. And you yeah, know, see, Ramon you know. Godway in that game probably thought he should have got some of the calls because he went to the lane. There was no foul call. He got hit. There was no foul call. But Wyatt makes the sudden little flinch. He gets the foul call. But I think it was more of Temple having something to prove because they knew if they lost, their tournament chances would be over. And LaSalle knew down deep down inside, you know, it's not the end of the world here. We still, we have good wins on our resume, so it's not going to hurt us in the end. But they know they can't go and lose and streak. And both teams proved that on Sunday. LaSalle yeah, they did. LaSalle be the inferior Rhode Island team today. Started off slow with catch fire. Ramon Galloway, Ty Garland, Tariq Duran, Jarrell Wright, all came out, played good basketball, played good basketball today. And then Temple, Temple goes down to Charlotte. Charlotte's an 18-win team this season, and they go handle business and blow them out by 20. So they're probably in Charlotte's. Any chances of Charlotte's NCAA tournament hopes right there. So Temple's playing with it's sense of urgency because they know they put themselves in this position that they shouldn't be in. They shouldn't even be in this position. So I think there's a lot to be more discovered as the season is finishing up. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it'll be exciting. I know uh, selection Sunday is definitely three weeks away, so I'm excited to see 
uh, what teams will be ranked where uh, in terms of a tournament time. Because uh, March, like we said, March will be here soon. And, you know, Final Four, uh, it's all great. And it goes down to the, who has it last and who's the best team to definitely prove themselves uh, this season. It's been an interesting season so far with the, uh, the underdogs basically taking over uh, the top-rated team. So I'm excited to see. But uh, what are some upcoming games this week, uh, some big games that people should look out for? Um, Looking at that, big games that people should look out for, um, there's, there's actually – we have a good number here, so it's not really a lot. Two, there's no really big games on Monday. If you want to consider Syracuse Marquette a big game, I really don't because both teams probably solidified their spot in the tournament. It's all about seeding. But on Tuesday and Wednesday, there's a couple of big games that have a lot of teams sitting on the bubble. You have on Tuesday you have Indiana versus Minnesota. Minnesota is 18 and nine this season and six and eight in the Big Ten. Not a good conference record. Minnesota, last my check, was on the sixth seed in NCAA tournament right now in bracketology. That could change. So, Minnesota, they definitely need this win. They want to keep on moving up and solidify a spot in the NCAA tournament because if they lose to Indiana or they don't have a good showing, they're going to be 6 and 9 in conference play. That's not a good look for a Minnesota yeah, that's, team. That's not a good look right there. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, most of these games this week are bracket busters. So, like you said, if they lose, pretty much might be on the outside looking in. Yeah, definitely. Then you have that game at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Then you have at 9 o'clock on ESPN, you have number 5 Florida taking on Tennessee, who is six, who is 16-10 and 10 and 8-6 and six in SEC play. Nobody didn't expect Tennessee to be this good. Tennessee was bad, but, you know, they blew out Kentucky a couple weeks ago, caught fire, and now they're playing good. They're sitting on a bubble in my eyes. In my eyes, they're sitting on a bubble at 16-10 and 10 and 8-6, and six, and that's on Tuesday. And then you have one more game on Tuesday, which is on ESPN two at seven. We have number twenty one Memphis at I mean versus Xavier. Memphis is probably gonna lock up a spot. They're twenty one and three or twenty four and three and thirteen and one conference USA. They basically have their spot locked up. Just about see it. Now Xavier, they need this win. They're fifteen and eleven, eight and five and eight ten. They need this win to have any chances of sliding in as that fifteen possibly to get out of the eight ten. And then on Wednesday, you have a two good games. Actually, you have Akron versus Ohio out of the MAC conference. Akron's twenty-two and four, twelve and zero in the MAC, and Ohio's twenty and seven and eleven and one in the MAC. So that's a good mid-major game right there. And Arkansas versus LSU, both teams out of the SEC. Um, Arkansas is seventeen and ten and eight and six in conference play, and LSU is sixteen and nine and seven and seven. So those are all the big games. Yeah, those are definitely some um, key games to look out for this week. I know I'll be watching them. Uh, basically down to the last, down to the wire. So uh, somebody has to step up. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to those games, man. And you should be because there's a lot of teams that I've said this, especially with this year. So many upsets. The the seating the seedings are like they're changing on a daily basis. They're changing on the deli. If you follow college basketball people on Twitter, they're saying, you know, after every game, they're like, this team just dropped out. This team dropped in when, LaSalle, when, when Temple beat LaSalle. Temple found their way into the tournament. LaSalle was still in, but Temple found their way in the tournament. 
and that pushed the team out. So it's going to change on a weekly, on a on a daily basis from here on out. Hey, Jovan, you want to give uh, some of our listeners uh, out there the number that they want to call in if they have any questions? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you want to get in contact with us on the East West Hoop Soup here tonight, you can uh, call us in at 347-215-8531. That is 347-215-8531. You can call in, ask me and Daryl any questions about basketball, college, basketball, NBA. doesn't matter. We're open book. That's why we're called the East West Hoop Soup. We talk about everything in the basketball world. Hey, speaking of basketball, well, NBA basketball, uh, the NBA trade deadline was this past week. Uh, what was your summer, uh, let's see, exciting news? What was your the most exciting news out of this trade? I know uh, for m- most people, it probably was Josh Smith not being traded, but uh, what were some of your key points from this trade made this past week? Uh, nothing really. Nothing really excited me. This in this trade deadline, I don't. I think it's because we all expected Josh Smith to be moved, and he wasn't moved. And you expected, and the Hawks, as I said, I told you before, the Hawks were stupid for not trading him. He's going to walk event. He's going to walk this season. So why not right. try to get something in return for him, even if it's not a lot? You get something in return him, get rid of him, and let him walk on somebody else, not walk on his terms. Right, because he definitely becomes a free agent at the end of the season. So that would be exciting to see where he goes since he wasn't traded. But uh, I know Josh uh, Smith was talking about how much he loves Atlanta. He was pretty much raised there. You know, his family's there, and he loves playing for the Hawks organization. So as the rest of the season goes along, I think he'll be fine there. But uh, it was a bad mistake for Atlanta to let him stay there. And then, you know, at the end of the season, well, okay, I have to go. Let's make a move. And I'm thinking – uh, the move he might take during the summertime will be uh, a trip to Dallas with the Mavs and play with them. So we'll see. That's just my opinion. I, I agree. I definitely, I definitely agree with you. That I think, I think that is going to be it's going to be something interesting to see where Josh Smith goes. Because as you, as we said before, they all have the um, they all have you know Josh Smith's friends with Dwight Howard. So does it all depends on where Dwight goes. Josh follows. We'll see. We'll see. As I said, Atlanta's stupid for not getting anything up for him. So, it's a wait-and-see approach. Right. Well, I know for uh, Boston, Boston Celtics, uh, we made some trades over the before the or at the deadline pretty much. A couple of hours before 3 o'clock p.m. came, uh, we got rid of Barbosa and Collins to get uh, the guard Jordan Crawford from Washington. So I think it was a good pickup, even though Danny Ainge pretty much contemplated on uh, not wanting to move the team or change any positions, uh, such as getting rid of Kevin Garnett or Paul Pierce. And late last minute, Rondo, who has a torn ACL, uh, was talked about getting traded. So I think it was a, a big piece to help the Celtics push forward, uh, especially in the playoff push. This is the second half of the NBA season. We know those big games that you have, uh, as today we're playing right now, um, you know, those big games you have to win. And down the stretch, pretty much matters. Right now, we're uh, losing 84-86 to Portland in the fourth quarter with under two minutes left. So, you know, you have to build your team. And the Celtics is a whole team. So, uh, Jordan Crawford brings some youth as long as other players on the team 
Uh, I know Lee has stepped up tremendously uh, in order to help Paris. I don't know when Crawford got on the game or got to the team that first game they played that Saturday evening. He helped out and scored maybe 10 points, and Paul Paris scored nine. Now, it's a difference from Paul Paris scoring maybe 36 points one game and, you know, going down to nine. It shows that the Celtics have become a better team, uh, working with better team chemistry. So it's exciting, you know, to see a, a new piece added to the Boston Celtics. I, I, I agree. I think, as I told you before, I mean, when it happened, I think that um, Jordan Crawford adds, adds a different element to that team. It was a good pickup. You know, you only had to get rid of basically Barbosa and Fat Mello. That's, that's nothing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really nothing that you have to get rid of. You know, that's basically like cat space right there because Crawford wanted to leave. So you satisfy his needs and you don't give up a lot. I mean, that's a win-win situation. And Ron Crawford's not, not really a bad player. He's actually a pretty good shooter. When he's on, he's yeah. he, he can put up points in bunches. If you watch his college career, Xavier, he can put up Man. points in, in bunches. I told my friends he takes circuit shots. You never know what's going to go in. He throws his body one way, I'm going to go another, and then all of a sudden it goes in. So it's exciting to see him play in the Celtics jersey. Definitely. I def- definitely agree. Um, looking at, looking forward to this week's game, before but before we look forward to this week's games, if you want to call in with about 12 minutes, Left in the show, you can call in at 347-215-8531. That is 347-215-8531. If you want to call in and talk NBA hoops or college hoops as well, if you have any questions, you can definitely call in and we'll chit-chat with you. But looking forward to this this upcoming week's game, especially the games on ESPN and TNT, on on Wednesday, we have Golden State versus New York. This is a good matchup. Um, this is the return of David Lee. As Shaq, as Shaq calls him, WCW returns and takes on his former team, the Knicks. So it's going to be an interesting matchup to see. The, 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 and it's also the return of Mark Jackson, who's from, who used to play for the Knicks. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to pay attention to. Yeah, that, that should be a good game to watch. And also... Uh, ESPN has another good game coming on. Uh, 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 the Nuggets and the Trailblazers uh, should be an interesting matchup. Uh, I pretty much think the Nuggets might walk away with the win there, but uh, I can't say too much about the Trailblazers because the Celtics are losing to them at the moment. So the Trailblazers might slip up and beat the Nuggets. So, But I, I'll stick with taking the Nuggets uh over the Trailblazers for Wednesday evening game. I uh, exactly. I think the what's the name? They're good. I think they're really they're really good. Actually, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, I like I like the I like the Trailblazers. Damian Lillard is a Dame Lillard is a star is a star in the making. So I expect nothing. I expect that to be I expect that to be a tremendous game on ESPN. Now when we look towards two, Thursday night's games, we have an interesting match of the games. Little awkward picking by TNT, but I guess that's only thing they could get at that time of moment. They have Sixers Bulls eight o'clock and at ten thirty. Prime Timberwolves um, Lakers. The Sixers and Bulls would definitely be a good game. It's a it's a playoff game, uh, especially since last year. 
you know, it kind of went down to the last game, seven games, uh, Sixers and Bulls. So I think it's a rematch. I know the Sixers and Bulls, if I'm not mistaken, they have played already this season. So it's a rematch, and it's a good competitive game. I know many people are anticipating the comeback of Derrick Rose. Uh, there's been some reports out that he's practiced. Uh, well, not practiced, but played a 5-on-5 game, and he's doing pretty well. But I, I think he wants to wait until he gets 100% strong. You know, you don't want to go in the game and uh, tear uh, a ligament again or whatever his prior injury was. So I think he wants to get strong. He might sit out the season, but now the Bulls are in a position where they're in the playoffs as of now. The playoffs end of the day, they will be in the, they will be in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. So if Derrick Rose decides to come back and say, hey, guys, I'm coming back, we're going to make this playoff run, and many NBA fans will be like, wow, this is on the road, so uh, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see what happens, but it, it'll be a science for Derrick Rose to come back. It, it it would because you never want to see a star of his caliber go out so early with an injury, so it's good to see if he could come back. They, uh, supposedly an unnamed teammate said that Derrick's ready to go, so if he comes back, I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just like Andrew Bynum said, and like Aaron Day said, Andrew Bynum could be coming back in a week or two. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, from CSNorthwest.com's own, Crispy Haynes says that Wesley Matthews drains a tough step back three to put the Blazers up six with 53 seconds to go. So Blazers up six over the Seas. Yeah, I think the Seas might have lost this one. So, uh, you know, we have to get back on the, the road and try to get some wins. Uh, I know we went over a week and it was a ball. Pretty much kind of threw everything up and then it landed in the net. Uh, we have to get something going. Got to pick up some wins down the stretch. Uh, right now, OKC is playing on the show against Chicago. The score is 70 to 46 in the third quarter with 3:28 left. Uh, Westbrook and Durant are definitely having the ball. Yeah, you know, you always get these games. Yes, we had some two interesting games. This one in uh, the Grizzlies Nets game, that was a low, very low scoring game. It was only in the low 70s. That final score was in the low 70s. So, interesting games. I think Chicago's lost this one. You know, Thunder, when they get on the roll, they're on the roll. So, you just let that one, you let that one fly by. And then, some interesting um, thing about the Sixers with about seven minutes left in the show, tweeted by NBC 10's John Clark. He said the Sixers are 6 and 18 on the road. And, they, and teams with fewer road wins than the Sixers are the Kings and the Wizards. In the Sixers' final 28 games, 17 of them are on the road. So the Sixers have a tough road trip if they want to even sniff the playoffs. But they're at the 22-32 and 32 record. It's going to have to start at the road when they're 6-18. and 18. What, are you, what do you think some of the adjustments the Sixers should make as they uh, face these road, road trips they have coming up? Well... I like the addition of Jeremy Pargo. You got to keep on using him. He's pretty good. He's a good. He's a good solid point guard. Good solid backup point guard. You need Evan Turner to play consistently. Evan Turner had 21 points tonight. Drew Holiday 30 points against the Knicks. You would think 30, 51 points from your backcourt would do it, but it doesn't get it done. You know, Thaddeus Young just came back tonight, so that should be that should be a big upgrade. You know, to help him out and help him out, and then. I will like Doug Collins. Sometimes Doug Collins gets very stubborn in his own ways, and he looks like he just over his team. You know, he wants to quit. And 
what I would like for Doug to do is use your other pieces. Don't you don't always have to use Lavoy Island and Spencer Halls. I don't I like Spencer's game, but I don't like it that much to keep on playing him. You have a capable a capable rookie in Arnett Moultrie who in college averaged a double double his junior year with eighteen points and about ten rebounds a game. Like you have the player, you have a healthy you have a you basically have a, a, a fully rested big man. Use him. He can jump. He can rebound. He can block. Use this. Use him. I would use him more than Lavoy Island. Lavoy Island doesn't cut it for me as coming in and, and, and playing and playing the power forward position because you need some energy to bring off that bench. I mean, the loss of Jason Richardson hurts because you know that was your three point shooter, but you don't have that. And then hopefully, whenever Andrew, you know, I go play bowling, you know, or I got a messed up hair, Bynum shows up. <laughs> then you know maybe they finally get a click because this was his team was built around. It was built around Andrew Bynum. This was his team was built around. We saw if you went to the press conference, that's who was built around them. It was built around Andrew Bynum. Nobody cared really about Jason Richardson during that time. It was about Bynum. He was created around this franchise, and that's what's the missing piece. Yeah, and then until Bynum decides to show up. Uh... To get geared up and ready for the next game whenever he decides to uh, come back. Uh, maybe his hairstyle will be a little better, uh, too. Uh, he can get on the court and play uh, a good, decent game to help the Sixers win down the stretch. Uh, I know he had an interview the other day uh, on TV, and his hair was half braided and the other half was afro, so uh, it makes you wonder about that guy. Uh, something about his hairstyle, his hairstyle is just very weird. But, you know, he plays for the Sixers and he loves to go bowling. That's all we know because he hasn't shown himself otherwise this season. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't shown himself other reason. I mean, Doug Collins, there's an ESPN article, you know, sometimes the things that Doug Collins says discourages me and disappoints me as a coach of what he says is what he says. Um, Bynum did practice in scrimmage with the Sixers on Friday, but Collins said that, you know, that Bynum basically threw off the whole practice just by by his presence being there and practicing with the team. As a fan, I don't want to hear my coach saying that, you know, because it feels like you're bad-mouthing the team, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but it just feels like that. All right. Well, it might seem like uh, it could be a coaching issue in the near future, not this season, but uh, in the next few seasons to come, uh, the Sixers will make some kind of change with their coaching staff or maybe Doug Collins uh, to reevaluate himself, you know, be the old Doug Collins he was, especially last season when the season made that uh, awesome stretch in the playoff run. You know, he pretty much, pretty much turned the team around from uh, being a uh, 500 team to over 500 teams. So he uh, might have to sit back and reevaluate some of the things he got said. Because, of course, it's out of his emotions. Because he, he, he sees the Sixers are struggling. And I I know they lost uh, Saturday against Miami, and uh, one reporter, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much said Miami uh, put on a um, clinic and then easily got their uh, 11th straight, well, 10th straight that night, uh, 10th straight win, pardon me. And then today the Sixers lost to the New York Knicks. So it's pretty frustrating. You know, you're going to have some wins and you're going to lose sometimes. So. Uh, as a coach, you do have to fit the mindset that you have to be a positive role model to your team. Even though you might have a, a captain, a star, 
team player on the game, you know, to delegate to those who he, um, who he played with, those, his teammates, rather. Uh, you know, you got to be positive in all circumstances. Definitely, I agree with you. I agree with you. And maybe Collins does have to step back and reevaluate himself, or maybe it's time for him to just call it quits and go back to the back to the broadcasting booth. Maybe it's time is finally worn down because we know Collins in his in his career, he's only been a coach to turn around teams, not get him to that next step. So maybe it's time to bring a new coach in to get him to that next step. So yeah. with about uh, a minute and thirty seconds left in the show, um. We're about to wrap this. We're about to wrap this one up. Actually, um, if you want to, if you want to get, a, if you want to call in right now, you get a quick call in. You can call in at three four seven two one five eight five three one. At three four seven two one five eight five three one, if you want to call in and talk basketball for a quick minute, basically. Um, as we head off, uh, make sure you watch watch some good games. As we as we highlighted a couple, good, we highlighted some good games coming up in college basketball and in. So it's going to be interesting to see what these games hold because all these games, even in the NBA, will hold some kind of relevance in the playoffs. Then the Sixers win on Thursday night to change their fortunes against the Bulls and probably get into a playoff run. And when we see a couple of college basketball teams show up and and put themselves in a tournament or shoot themselves way out. Hey, Jovan, before we get out there, yes or no, do you think the Lakers will make it to the playoffs? Yes, they'll make the playoffs. All right. Sounds good. We'll have to see. Uh, almost 28 games left in the season. They're on a three-game winning streak. They uh, got a good win today over Dallas, 103-99. to Kobe and Steve Nash definitely put on the show. Definitely did, and that's going to end it here on the East-West Hoop Soup Show here on Block Talk Radio. Everybody, come back here next week as Greg Crawford will join us here on the East-West Hoop Soup Show. This is Joel Offer with Daryl Simmons, and we'll all talk to you next week, same time, same place, 11 p.m. Eastern time, 8 Pacific time here on Block Talk Radio. Everybody, have a good night and be safe.